Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max presented by Progressive Insurance. Guys, good morning, good morning. We, we had a... Good. Good morning, Mr. Kellerman. Good morning, Good morning. Mr. Johnson. Mr. Williams. Uh, Williams. An hour ago, we had Morris Smith, the NFL PA executive director, on the show. He had a lot to say uh, and asked him what the biggest issue he sees. What is it when it comes to the NFL's hiring practices and the um, fact that they're are now only two black head coaches out of 32 jobs. Under what scenario would I want my rights or my kids' rights or fairness or justice to depend on odds? As we sit here right now, there is no job board for coaching in the National Football League. There is no systemic way of knowing what jobs are open. Coaches don't know what each other's salaries and benefits are. We have no ability to understand what qualifications owners use to make a decision for coaches. Hmm. We don't see the evaluations. There is no transparency. I think I, I, I don't know who it was that I asked. Uh, I don't know if it was Troy Benson that was on with us about the union, uh, coaches union. It was someone. No, maybe it was a coach. I think it was Mike Loxie. And I asked him about a coach's union. He said that the owners just don't want a coach's union. And this is what D. Smith is saying. There's no real transparency there. Um, I'd like to see a coach's union, too. I, I really would. Jay, I, I appreciate um, Mara Smith's answer because I was asking about black ownership. Just there, are, Key started it, and then I followed up. There are when there are openings at the ownership level, and not many people have billions of dollars, and even fewer, even as a percentage of the population of black people, have billions of dollars, right? Mm-hmm. That it takes to own a team. But I was really wondering about a kind of um, active search for black ownership and how that might have an impact on hiring. And Demora Smith was very clear that that aside, he thinks the much more important issue is some kind of systemic change. And that's what transparency was a part of in order to in order to change things. What I what I was able to extract from DeMaris's conversation that were there need to be systems put in place legally mm-hmm. that mandate a certain amount of stuff to happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I wasn't look. One way having more minority ownership, I hear what your point is, but I also think his additive point was, yes, that's one, but also systems being in place. Key, I, I wanted to ask you a question because I'm a little bit unsure about what this entity actually does. What does the NFL Coaches Association do? Is, is that, does that act as a, something similar to like a union for 
coaches? Do you know anything about no, that? No, it's not. It's, it's it's not a union. It's just an association where they all get together and they, you know, it's 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 like a country club of coaches, basically, without it being a union. They all get together and and different ideas, share different ideas, and camaraderie and 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 you know, talk about different issues and within the league. Um, so it's not a union. Yeah, there's no union head. There's none of that sort of stuff. And they certainly need it both in as a whole in college as well in the as in the pros because college coaches go through the same sort of uh, similar things that professional coaches go through, uh, whether it's you know a lack of hiring, diversity, just all of the issues that take place on a daily basis in the coaching community. If this is in place, you have a better opportunity for certain things. Um, I was I was glad to hear. Ron Rivera, who was on with us, talk about the Bill Walsh uh, diversity um, initiative for coaching hires and, and things of that nature for younger guys. So it becomes a developmental type of situation. I'm glad that that's still alive and kicking uh, because that's important as, as well as everything else that we've been talking about. A lot of people don't even know that the Bill Walsh initiative even exists. Yeah, um, I, I think there's a lot. This is a, a complicated issue, and and systemic change, change in systems in terms of that are put in place. As Demara Smith was talking about, you lack know, Max, ownership. Yeah, key. It, you you say it's complicated. It really is not that complicated, and I know you know that they make it complicated. Well, yes, you, you know yes. it's like I, I know exactly. It's like it, it's like anything. It's not comp. We can do the deal. Let's just do the damn deal instead of playing around, hide the ball. Let's do the deal and not play hide the ball. But that's why the reason I say complicated is because from the point of view of when people own things, and this country, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, by definition, that's the pursuit of private interest, right? Mm-hmm. And when people own things, they don't like to be, and just generally Americans, don't like to be told what to do, um, especially if you pay billions of dollars for something you don't want to be told what to do. And so even if you don't self-identify as racist, you might think, well, you know what, I just, this is the coach that I want. So, yeah, I'll, I'll check off the boxes of this Rooney rule, I guess, you know, but I, I'm, not gonna, you know, I'm just going to do that as a, as a way to get around it, and then I'm really just going to hire the guy I wanted in the first place. Yeah, I, I, it'd be interesting for me to see, and I understand what Dee was saying when I posed the question to him about the NFL owners recruiting um, a minority uh, not a minority owner because we have one in Shaq Khan, but a black owner to inherit or buy the Denver Broncos at the majority stake, controlling interest stake. Uh, it'd be interesting to see if, in fact, we have some candidates out there that are going to put in bids to purchase that team. Uh, and if that was to happen, how things would change in an ownership structure of the 32 clubs and how they go about doing business, um, it, it would be very interesting to see. Key, there are two candidates, actually. You know I'm all over this. I love this kind of stuff. Oh, I, yeah, uh, no, I, By- I'm over it too, yeah, but I just yeah, – yeah. yeah, I know. I, Byron Allen, who was entertainer, uh, mm-hmm. billionaire now. and then you have, USC Trojan, just yep. in case you want to know. There you go. And then you have Robert F. Smith, too, who's been involved – in finances for a while. Two of these guys are in the process for the bid. I want to mention, because Demar Smith said, like, even if there were up to, say, six black owners, right? But 
you know, when Jackie Robinson broke into Major League Baseball, people like to say that in, the league is integrated. No, there was one black dude in the league, one. And then there were two or a handful, and it still really wasn't integrated. So black ownership, at, it, to get a black owner is important, not because, okay, now it's integrated at the ownership level, but because it would be a first step toward greater uh, representation at the ownership level. Absolutely. But, and they would be more comfortable and get comfortable because they would have to deal with him or her every single day. But and he, now they would know, you don't have to worry. We're okay. Yeah. and But Demara Smith addressed um, minority ownership. And this is what he had to say. I think the league should entertain anyone who is qualified to own a team. And if that means reaching out to people of color and employing them or, or, or at least looking at them as, as potential owners, I think that's great. I think the only thing that I would caution us about is ever believing that magically, that just because you have one or two or three, or I would dare say six owners of color, we shouldn't magically believe that we will have arrived at a racial nirvana. So, Key, you know, I was talking to Mark Cuban about this the other day on my pod, The Limits by NPR, by the way, since you guys say I never plug, I just plug it. There you go. Um, and I was asking him about... Got some heavy hitters on that I pod. was asking Mark about, like, you know, so, like, what can, what can leagues do to get more minorities opportunities to own teams? And he was like, you know, Jay, the problem is systemically in this country, we have a lot of minorities who aren't as liquid as they would need to be in order to put down, you know, large bulk amounts for some of the evaluations of these teams. And I, I, I know that the NFL is, you know, a, a good old boys league, as they say, as it relates to owners, right? Uh, but why won't they allow more groups to be put together in order to own teams, understanding the history of systemic racism in this country, but allowing more minorities to participate in those ownership opportunities. Well, Jay, it's really all in deal structure, baby, right? Yeah. You, you, mentioned, you mentioned groups. There are groups in the National Football League. Every single owner does not own the team outright, okay? The Oakland, not Oakland, the Las Vegas Raiders and Al Davis, it was a partnership that still remains. The partners over time dwindled down. Jerry Jones did not buy the Dallas Cowboys outright. Jerry Jones had partners in the beginning, and eventually he bought them out. Uh, the Rooney family in Pittsburgh has partners that own minority stakes within the team. One of the biggest issues that come up when it's time for teams to be sold is people will put groups together. And as I said to you before, it's all about the structure of the deal. If your deal looks one way, and that other person deal looks another, chances are you're going to take the better deal as an owner selling a team. If I can close that escrow in mm -hmm. 60 days and write yep. that $4 billion check, I can do it and we'll figure out the rest later, opposed to, hey, let me get Jay and Max and then we're going to get Evan and I'm going to find out if Yates got a little bit. And we're going to get his, financing. And get his yeah, yeah. yeah, they, they, no, no, no. I need it clean. Liquid, yeah, liquid. I need to go straight to Mr. Kellerman. And he got the check, and he's going to write it, and that's the deal. Opposed to Keyshawn and Jay Will talking to Oprah about what if she wants to, and then Puffy comes in with a couple hundred, and they not they're like nah. Uh -uh. But you know nope. what, Key? Since we're since we're on the subject, 
why are there, even as a percentage of the population, there's less wealth among black people than white people? We know why. It is nothing, it's because of the history of the country. This is, the, this is one of the arguments for affirmative well, no, action, it, right? It, so, it is so, true. But so my point is this. If the NFL uh, as, as a multi-pronged approach, right? That's why when I say it's complicated and you're like, actually, just do the right thing. Right, you're right on that <laughs> level. But since we see the hit, that history says a lot of times that will not happen, so one of the approaches is what Demaris Smith was talking about, like put systems in place. But I believe another approach could be the NFL actively seeking black ownership when these mm-hmm. teams become available. Even well, that's if it why means, I use the word recruit. Yeah, right. But even if it means, hey, you, you know what? N- normally we don't appreciate the group as much as we do an individual who, who can come up with the bulk of the money to – and I understand, I'm not saying, like, you got to go crazy and this deal is half as good as that but deal. Then, but, but try to give again, it a little extra consideration. But then again, Max, right, we're going up a slippery slope because you are not going to tell me who to sell my team to. Mm-hmm. That's what I mean. People okay. don't like be told you're what not, to do. You're, you're not going to say to me that Jay's deal is not better than the other guy's deal when I'm looking at Jay's deal and I can close Jay's deal in a week. And the other guy, I got, Max, I got to wait for the – this guy that sign off yeah, and another talking about it, billions just, of dollars. Yeah, yeah. now you yep. asking me to lose money and sitting tight. Not, no, man, we're not doing that. And that's the way that they think. Yep. You're not going to tell me who to sell my team to. You can give little incentives, though. Like, I hear you. You can't dictate it, but you can try to incentivize. Keyshawn J. Will and Max is presented by Progressive Insurance. Let's get back to the Super Bowl. Over or under? Okay, Joe Fortenbaugh is here to play a little over-under for Sunday's game. Joe, where are you? here? I'm here, gentlemen. How you doing? And by the way, I can't think of a better ownership group in the NFL than you three. No problems whatsoever with that management triumvirate. Put All us right. in a Super Bowl already. All right, Joe. No, the problem is we're, Jay and I be there like, hey, Key, we got to get this quarterback. No, who we have is fine. He, he's steady and sound. I'm trying to save you know, my money. <laughs> Joe, the longest pass completion, the over-under is 38 and a half yards. I'm playing the over. Nobody in the NFL completed more passes of 40 or more yards this season than Matthew Stafford. Number two on that list. Hey, look at this. Joe Burrow with 15. Mm. I think the Rams rushing attack is going to set up the play action for a few big shots down the field. This is an over bet for me. Cam Akers rushing yards over or under 64 and a half. This is another over bet. Akers ran for 45 yards in the first half against the Niners, but he suffered a shoulder injury, so he was limited, and the Rams were trailing late, so they had to throw the football. This number is suppressed, in my opinion, because Akers hasn't topped it in any of his three playoff games, but he was, like I said, running well against San Francisco. The Bengals ranked 21st in opponent yards per carry this season. They gave up 5.8 yards per carry against the Chiefs. If you're Sean McVay, you have to have seen that on tape and realize if you run the ball early, you can take some of the pressure off of Stafford and set up the play action later in the game. Yeah, I think that I would take the under in this situation because he hasn't really popped the way that we thought he would coming back off injury. He's given them a little bit of a burst, but the 64.5 is plenty for what they want to do in the play action pass game. Remember, it's about the attempts, not the yardage. Mm. So, Joe, you said over, huh? You would take the over. Over on Acres, yes, that's me. Yeah, I'm leaning towards taking the over, too. Just Rushing yards. 
Not total yards from scrimmage, just rushing yards. Yeah, yeah, rushing yards. Yeah. I'm yeah. staying with the under based on yeah. what they want to do That's, for the offensive for philosophy. Yeah. Right. Okay. Ah, okay. Not you, Jay, huh? Right. No, I'm taking I'm, I'm going to roll Joe on this one. Well, rolling with Joe is usually a good bet. Yes, it usually works out with Speak, money in your piggy bank. Speaking of rolling with Joe, Joe Burrow. Over or under? Talking about Joe Burrow, over or under 11 and a half rushing yards. This is going to be an under bet for me. Burrow's topped this number in only three of 19 games this season. And with that offensive line against the Rams' pass rush and speed at linebacker, with Von Miller coming on the outside as well, I don't think Burrow gets there. I, he's got the tools to get there. I just think for this prop, I'm going to play the under on the 11 and a half rushing yards. I'm going to go over in this situation, I think, the 11.5, because I don't believe that they will get to Joe Burrow nearly as much as people think. I think the offensive line will sure up. They'll max protect. They'll keep people in the chip. Von Miller, double team Aaron Donald. Chip Floyd, bring Mixon out. Just a nice little elbow in the side ribs is all it takes. He will get over 11 yards rushing because he will have to use his feet in this particular game if they want to win. I'll go under. If the Rams' defense kept Kyler Murray to six yards rushing, I will go under for Joe Burrow. I, I might go over, too, because of what he said. Part of what he said, like, and I know, like, gap discipline and all that stuff. Or, you know, Jeff Saturday was talking on this just in terrific new show, Handsome Host on ESPN, 2 p.m. Eastern. <laughs> That's how you do but, a plug. But he was talking about, Key, how you're going to have to, like, have discipline rush coming off the edge, rushing the quarterback, because yes. you don't want yeah. Joe Burrow to get outside, right? That's and I'm sure dangerous. Von Miller will have that, but there will be times, I feel like, where they flush Joe Burrow, and he's going to pick up some, some yards with his legs. So I like him to go over 11 and a half yards. Over under rushing yards, Joe Mixon is 62 and a half. Joe Fortenball? Love Joe Mixon. Fantastic running back. But I play the under here. Two key reasons. Number one, the matchup of the Cincinnati O-line against the Los Angeles Rams defensive line. I think that's problematic. And number two, I think the way this game plays out, Cincinnati finds themselves trailing in the second half, which means they need to turn to the passing game. So the rushing attempts could be limited here for Mixon under 62 and a half rushing yards. I'm going to go over here. I think it's over. Are you, gonna, are you just going to go the opposite on every single pick? Pretty much. Because that's what it feels like today. That's what he's doing. <laughs> no, I think it's over based on the fact that they, too, have to slow the rush down. And the only way you slow the rush down is by running the football. We know that the Rams want to pin their ears back and go get Joe Burrow. But this is a great antidote to what they want to do. Give the ball to Mixon. He's going to chew up the clock. You want the clock to continue to roll. You don't want to get into a passing match with the Rams in this situation. You use Joe Mixon. He's over 62.5. Yeah, I'll say he'll be under just considering how good that defensive line is. And I don't know if they're going to allow him to break through as much. I think it's going to heavily rely upon Joe Burrow to do his thing. Yeah, I'm taking the under on this one also. Um, uh, they you got to stop Joe Mixon. Like that, that might actually be the key with all the stuff we're talking. If they get the running game going, it's going to be a problem. So I think there'll be an emphasis there. Receiving yards. Ready for this one? Joe Fortenbaugh is the last one. Cooper Cup, over or under 105 and a half receiving yards. This is strictly going to be a contrarian play for me. I'm going to go under on Cooper Cup. No disrespect to him. He's fantastic. But I think everyone in the world is going to want to play his over. I think the number is inflated as a result. I think there's an opportunity to go the other way. Beckham's the guy I'd be looking for on the over. It's only sitting around 63 and a half. That's what I'd want to play for an over prop on over Rams wide receiver. Boom. When it comes to Cup, I would play the under, but tentatively wouldn't be a huge bet. 
I'm going to go, and I'm just going to do the total opposite again, Joe. <laughs> I'm going to go over on all three of these guys listed on this list just for the simple fact that Cooper Cup is going to get the targets. Targets mean yards. They're not going to take the ball out of Cooper Cup's hands. 1,900 yards in a regular season. We obviously saw what he did, uh, he's been doing in the postseason. They're not going to change what they do. He'll get the opportunities. OBJ will just get more opportunities than he had in the past, as well as Cam Akers. Mm-hmm. Cooper Cup gets over 100 yards, and then Zach Taylor's game plan is pretty much shut down, right? I mean, you allow him to start get going, opens up the run game, opens up other opportunities as well, and for OBJ. So I would say under. I would go with the contrarian. Who's going to co- cover Cooper Cup for the Cincinnati Bengals? Oh, I, I like I like Odell on the over. I think Odell's about to have a real nice game. But I got to say think about something about Cooper Cup, and I'm going to take the over on him too. What really made him have – what makes him a great receiver. He's a great receiver. What makes him that way is even when it's a point of emphasis defensively to stop him, he finds a way to get open. He finds a way to make plays. And I'm going to say he finds a way to make plays. 105 and a half is a high number. But I'm st- – Still good. Uh, 105 and a half. I'm gonna, it ain't you know what? no Max. You, you know got to think about who you're talking about, and you got to think about what they do. They give it to him. They give it to him, and he goes and gets it. I'm going to say the over. I, I agree, the over. Uh, time for house money. Evan, where are we at? Yeah, so a couple weeks since we've done this, Key in the championship round bet uh, most of his money <clears throat> on the Rams to cover and the Chiefs to cover. Neither of those things happen. He's down 55 cents. Jeez. Um, you're going to need about a 10,000-leg parlay. Go down to the 50-cent store, Key. Jay, Jay <laughs> won, uh, won one bet, lost one, so he lost 99 cents. He's down to 22.91. Max uh, lost both of his bets. He's down to 19.25. A rich guy came around here and, with 19 uh, bucks. Joe, still in the lead. Remember, you guys all started in different spots. Joe started with the most money because he won the regular season. Joe went two and two in his bets, lost a dollar sixty-five. So to keep things going, Key, what's your bet with your fifty-five cents here to start things? Ah! Off? I'm gonna drop. I'm gonna drop my fifty-five cents, them two quarters, and a nickel on the Rams. All of it. Cover. <laughs> yeah, all of it. You better take a bet. What's the longest odds, Key? You got to find a bet with hundred to one odds and put it yeah, on that. By, by the way, there's a house minimum. That fifty-five cents ain't gonna play. It does not I, cover. No, it. Oh, no, yes, it does. Yes, it does. Yes, right. it does. <laughs> Just to cover, what you're gonna wind up with a, a you're gonna wind up with the buck five we'll round that, up. We'll give him a dollar. Got a dollar. Hey, and I can save buck. it till next time. Yeah, that's right. You, uh, I'm up. Yeah, me. Yeah, because I have more mm. money than you. Hmm. I'm gonna go. Is what's the what are the odds on Von Miller and sack totals? That's what I want to know, but I don't have it in front of me. So therefore, I will go. <laughs> I'm gonna take Joe Burrow. As Super Bowl MVP. How much? And I will put my whole thing on it, obviously. Put every cent I got. All right. Woo. Yeah. I'll just bet everything for the Rams to cover. Woo. There you go. Okay, everyone's yeah, getting Yeah, Joe, you got to play strong. Joe, I don't want to hear these little $4 bets. You're playing to win. No, I'm not. I'm coming in hot. I'm putting it all on one bet. I'm going to do that. I, I All season long, it's been about money management, bankroll management. We're at the final week of the season, so let's go loose. What I'm going to do for the people is I'm going to give you three I really like, but that's not going to be... That's not going to be on the total. I'll give you the one at the end that I'm putting everything on. Number one, the Rams are down to three and a half. I would play the Rams in this game. I think the Rams defense is going to be the difference in the game. It's the best defense Cincinnati has faced all season long, and that includes the playoffs in the regular season, not just the playoffs, all right? This team is number five in football outsiders DVOA. Anytime Cincinnati stepped inside the top ten, 
they've struggled. San Francisco, they lost and failed to cover. Green Bay, they've lost and failed to cover. So I do like the Rams. I like the Rams as a prop to have the longer time of possession. They've had the ball for 34 or more minutes in every playoff game. I think they're going to be able to run in this game. I think they're going to be playing with the lead. So they'll be grinding the clock late. That's a prop I would play. And Stafford longest completion over 39 and a half yards because I think the running game is going to set up the play action. Those are three I like. The entire bankroll on one prop. Matthew Stafford over two and a half rushing attempts. I just need three rushing attempts. Stafford is a different player in the playoffs. During the regular season, he ran the ball 1.8 times per game. In the playoffs, he's carried it four or more times in every game. Dude is scrambling. He knows his legacy's on the line. It's all everyone's been talking about since the playoffs started. He's making plays. So I think we're going to get at least one or two scrambles in this game. Quarterback sneaks are in play. And I do think the Rams are going to win this game. So there's the opportunity for him to be kneeling the ball out late. Kneel downs count as rushing attempts. Stafford, the entire bankroll over two and a half rushing attempts. An MVP who helped the Rams to their last Super Bowl title. Thank you, Joe, by the way. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit... Your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do. Big, small, and when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash unsportsmanlike today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash unsportsmanlike. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. The second I was traded here and we got Von Miller, we get Odell, we get these unbelievable players. You know, the pressure for our team has been there all season from the outside. But from us, that stuff hasn't really bothered us, hasn't really crept in, you know, into our thought process at all. We just go out there and attack each day. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM Channel 80. Say play ESPN. Boom, right there on your smart speakers. Download the podcast. Anywhere there's communication, anywhere in the universe, you can hear Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max. And which ESPN are we on right now, Evan? We're on one of the ESPN news. We're on ESPN News right now. You're walking <laughs> through the just airport. In at two p.m. on ESPN Two today, due to the NBA trade deadline. Did, did they not tell you that? I'm on ESPN Two today. 
Yes. Well, now trade I deadline know. special one of th- one of four on ESPN. Oh, there are plenty of ESPNs to go around. Don't worry about it. I'll be on one of them. We're creating a new one, ESPN eight. Hey, that's right. Um, meantime, we're about to talk to one of the all-time greats. Key Marshall Falk with us now. What's going on, champ? What's going on? What's going on, fellas? What's happening, Rush? One of the very greatest who ever hey, did man. it. You, you know, you know, we got Super Bowl in LA. Um, the action's here. Uh, it, 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 it's indicative. The Rams went out, they went and picked up some stars, and now the stars have performed, and now we get to see the stars in front of the stars of Hollywood in the Super Bowl. It's like this movie script type stuff, right? Absolutely. What. I, what kind of similarities uh, do you see between this year's Rams team and your 99 team that won the Super Bowl? Is there, is there any real similarities? Um, I, I, you know what? I'm, I'm going to say the impact and uh, the difference, I think, when, when I got traded to the Rams, how um, the guys looked at what the team was trying to do. Those types of moves, they send messages and I remember when I when they brought me in, and how the guys was like, "Okay, we heard about this dude. We know he could play, but they want to see you not in game. They want to see the person. They want to see the work. They want to see the body of of what happened to make you who you are." And I think a lot of that happened with Stafford. It's like you knew he could throw the ball. You knew he could do all of this, but is he capable of leading? And um, when you first got in, the excitement was there. We saw it early in the season, Key, and then, you know, similar. Like, they hit a little wall. It was like, oh, man, he's throwing pick six. But the Stafford that we've seen in the playoffs, minus the one interception against San Francisco, and maybe, maybe the bad throw that with the interception got dropped, man, he has been as sharp as I've ever seen him play. And – I'm I'm a, I'm just gonna put it out there. I tell the truth. I was questioning. I was like, I don't know. He, I was like, I don't know, man. I don't know if it was Stafford or if it was Detroit. And now with the right pieces around him, it's it's impressive to see this young man display his talent on the stages that he has. I'm looking forward to watching him in the Super Bowl. Can't wait. Your legacy is already etched in stone, Hall of Fame one of the top three or four Ram players of all times. But now you got two legacies that's on the line in Sean McVay and Matthew Stafford. Sean McVay's second Super Bowl appearance, Matthew Stafford first. Neither have won a Super Bowl before. Which one of these two, in your opinion, Marshall, has the most pressure on their legacy in this game? I, I think they're connected. I, I don't think one gets it more than the other. Um, I, I feel like um, there was a, a vouching moment when Matthew Stafford came in. You remember the meeting in Cabo, the relationship instantly, um, the closeness in age. Uh, I, I, I feel I feel like you know this this is this is like the Titanic. If this thing going down, both of them going down. And if this thing, if if if, if this thing is going to sail and and become what it is, 
both of them going to get the praise. I, I, I just don't think you can separate the two of them. You know, I, I, I look at it. I look at it the way, you know, this relationship is, you know, it's, it's Brady and Belichick. Um, you know, you, you think about Tomlin and Ben and, 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 and right now Mahomes and, and Reed, like those relationships, they're connected. And, and I don't know if you can separate them. I mean, it, it's, uh, they're, they're, they're connected by the hip. Mm. Uh, your old coach, Dick Vermeil, told us, talking to Marshall Falk, the great Marshall Falk here on Keyshawn J. Wilmax ESPN Radio. Dick Vermeil was on here the day before yesterday. Marshall told us this week, this week, that Joe Burrow, you know how we always talk about, he's got that thing, he's a winner, he's all this. Sometimes we kind of overlook the tangibles while we're looking at the intangibles. He told us that Joe Burrow was the most accurate quarterback he's ever seen. Dick Vermeil said this, coming out of college. What have you seen out of Burrow in his second season? Um, I think I think his accuracy, and, and, and not just his accuracy, and Key, you know this too, and I'm not saying you don't know it, Max, because you've watched the game, I respect your acumen, but I'm talking to Key because he played the position receiver. How many friendly balls he throw and make it easy for his guys to catch. Not just not just fifty fifty balls, but in the moment where he'll put where he will put the ball to Higgins, where he'll put the ball to Chase, and and and, and make it, it's a friendly ball. I'm like, man, this kid at this age, he's throwing people open. You don't say that about second year guys. And let's be honest, he's not really a second year guy because he didn't he didn't play all his first year. <laughs> it, it's just impressive what he's able to do. And 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 without a doubt, it's 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 accuracy. If you go back, think think about this. If you go back to the Green Bay game against against San Francisco, Aaron Rodgers lost his ability to be accurate in that game. And that's something it was Aaron Rodgers, what? And he was kind of baffled himself. He was like, Did I throw that ball? But but it happened. It it can it can happen to anyone. It happened to Mahomes. He lost his ability to be accurate, and in those moments, I've, I've seen Joe. Listen, I, I, I keep saying this about him, Keith. He's he's letting everybody know that he's more like Joe Montana. He's more like Joe Namath. He's not just an average Joe at quarterback. <laughs> the great Marshall Falk, and don't worry, Marshall, you never insult me by talking to Key. <laughs> When a baller's talking to a baller, I'm just sitting back and no, listening. But, I'm no, soaking no, no, it no, up. No, 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 Max, Max, Max. I was just I'm saying that because I've listened to you talk about football and I've, I've even other even basketball. Uh, and I know boxing's your thing, but I, I, I respect what you have to say because you know, like you speak your mind. And, 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 and although you didn't play the sport, um, I appreciate that you watch with a keen eye and an understanding of trying to understand the mind of, of what we're really going through and what we're really dealing with and not just the surface fan stuff. Mama, so, I, I made it. That. Hear what Marshall Falk just told me? Oh, That's right. God. I'm on top Why of the you, world. Thank Why did you, you do this, appreciate Rush? It. Why no, did you no, do no, that? No, no, I appreciate That's a great compliment, <laughs> Keith, for me. It's a, this is a big day for me. Thank you, Marshall. Appreciate it. Tell, tell, tell us what you're doing with us today. Yeah, man, I'm just uh, letting people know you you have all options out there. Um, in the big game, it's all about the juice. We understand points. We understand, we understand over and under. Maxim bet is where you place those bets and where you go out and you make things happen. If you want all the action, if you want anything about it, 
Why not back some bet? There it is, ladies and gentlemen. Marshall Falk, thanks for jumping on with us this morning. The enemy. Right on, guys. Anytime, right, man. man. Love okay, what you guys are doing. Sure. Continue doing it. Appreciate it. Hey, Max. Yes. Right on. I, know, I know you know this. Yeah. But you know how good he was? Oh, my God. Oh, he my God. It was I played against him a bunch, so, you know, I saw it. I was like... Ooh. Ooh. Like I'm like it never got better than that. You say whatever you want, you can't really play it Man, better he than was that. A, he was the, one of the first running backs to detach from the formation and play receiver yeah. and give it to you. Right, right. Actually, line them up. Yeah, yep. NBA trade deadline is today. So for Daryl Morey, is it worth it to go all in? That's next. Keyshawn J. Will and Max ESPN Radio. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric E-Bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus, electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S.com. The Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max Podcast. NBA trade deadline is in just over five hours, and here's the latest from Woj on the Nets and James Harden, although... Brooklyn Nets guard James Harden wants a trade, according to Woj, to the Philadelphia 76ers. He has resisted making that formal request out of fear of the public backlash that would come with asking out of a second franchise in consecutive seasons. Harden is hopeful that 76ers president of basketball Daryl Morey secures a trade for him prior to today's 3 p.m. deadline. But Daryl Morey and Nets general manager Sean Marks have yet to become engaged in serious dialogue on a deal Sources tell Woj. So, here's the question. Would it be worth it for Daryl Morey to go all in now? And for the purposes of this conversation, or wait for a sign-and-trade, let's say, in the offseason. Mm-hmm. For the purposes in this conversation, let's say, since they're going to want more than Ben Simmons, without talking Seth Curry or certainly Thibel. Without let's talking say, yes. Matisse Thibel and Seth Curry. We yes, can't but, talk. But, but what I'm saying is, let's say at least it's a Tyree Maxi premium. No, not enough. Not, not enough, enough to get the deal done. No. Would at least so, – but my question is, Jay, is you it worth You need this it, now, I do not. Is it worth it for the oh, Nets to give up at least Tyrese Maxey for the chance to win this year with Harden? Or if it's Maxey, is that enough value that you don't do the deal now, wait till the offseason and make a run next year? I would be shocked – if the deal just included Tyrese Maxey and Ben Simmons for James Harden. You have to understand the position that the Nets are in right now. I get that James Harden doesn't want to be here. I understand that. I also have one of the greatest players to ever play this game in Kevin Durant. 
in which I can tell KD, hey, listen, we will treat him like Kawhi Leonard. This is your last run here. We're willing to give you, but let's try to win this. Now, if you want to continue to sabotage your own reputation by doing what you did to Houston the rest of the year, then we'll deal with that. It's going to hurt you. It's going to hurt us too. But unless I can get true value for James Harden right now, which is not just Tyrese Maxey, you're going to include a Seth Curry. You're probably going to ask for Matisse Thibel. They're going to ask for something because you, you understand. I, I'll that wait you out, Jay. That's If you're Daryl Morey? Yeah, I'm going to wait. You that's, know why yeah, I'm going to wait? Exactly. You know but why that's why, wait. That's Key. what I'm saying. So what I'm saying, Key, is this. You know the old expression, if it wasn't for the last minute, nothing would get done? At the 11th hour in the last minute, Key, if I'm Sean Marks and Harden makes it clear to me, yeah, you know, we'll make a run this year, and I think I'm not going to get his best effort. Or right now I could get Ben Simmons and at least Tyrese Maxey, or I could wait till the offseason and just get Ben Simmons. I might be, and let's say a first rounder or a second rounder, I might be like, let me get the premium now, even if it's not Fiebel in addition. You know what I mean? Yeah, just wait. But, but, but if I'm Philadelphia, I'm going to wait him out and just say I'll get you in the offseason and sign and trade deal. Uh-huh. And on top of that, if I'm Philadelphia – you don't even know if you're going to have all three of them on the court at one time because you got a guy in Kyrie that is all over the place. So you think James Harden is the one that's going to be the issue for you? How about one of your main players can't play when you need him to play because he's missing because of the vaccination? So I'm just sitting wait, and I'm betting y'all right now anyway See, because of that. That is the leverage Philly has, Jay. Like I know what you're saying because I probably would wait till the no, off- no, I'm, I'm I would wait till I'm the offseason too because because I, because I would say I'm going to try and win a chip with these guys right now. Uh-huh. But there is the danger if you're Brooklyn, you're like, if you Fair. evaluate at the eleventh hour, you go, this isn't going to work, and I could get additional stuff even if it's not Fiebel and Seth Curry. But the reason I focus in on Maxi is Maxi in a second round or something like that. That's realistic. That could probably get done quickly. I would think, let me grab that right now. That doesn't help you win this year. Not the Nets. Not the Nets. But it, but it could help the Sixers win this year. It could help the year. Sixers win yeah. this year. You're strengthening somebody in your division. But the Nets might think we ain't going to win this year anyway. That's what I'm saying. But, I mean, look, these things, I don't know, these things could change. I mean, we're seeing a lot of movement with mask mandates, and I don't know where we are with vaccine mandates. Why hey, if Jay, Ky- when if Kyrie, the last 30 games, can play the full the rest of the season? It's a problem. Is, it, is, it going, is the Mac, is the uh, – Mandate's going to change in the next six hours because if it ain't six I do want to pose this, though. We're, we you better are, rush we, that we legislation act like through. We act like James Harden yeah. just go to Philly, all of a sudden they're going to be that team. Like, okay, like there's two combustible attitudes there in that team, too, and Joel Embiid and, and James Harden. Is that just going to work? That's a legit question. Is that just going to work? I don't know. Like, I wonder how Joel Embiid would be if James is dancing with the ball for, you know, 20 seconds of the 24-second shot clock. It, it, it does become interesting what fits all. All I know is I was listening to this great radio show, KJM, in the morning on ESPN. I yes. heard Jay Will, former two-time guy player in of the, the year. Middle of the four box. That's right. I heard him say it would be the greatest pick-and-roll combination ever, Has replacing to Stockton to Malone. Has a chance to be. Uh, I'd probably hey, roll the dice on that one. Keyshawn, Jay Will, and Max, ESPN Radio. We'll be back tomorrow. Greeny coming up right now. Peace. Thanks for listening to Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. This is the story of The One. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. 
With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.